What's up, bikers? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream. I, did I say that? I don't even remember if that's what I always say right now. I'm so flustered because those of you guys that are listening can't see this, but my camera angle is just annoying the shit out of me. And so that's what I'm dealing with today. So anyways, episode 146, the Dirt Therapy Project. This guy's been on before, Jonathan, the founder of the Dirt Therapy Project. It is a nonprofit to get vets on bikes and um, they do some rad stuff. He was featured on uh, Burn Peak a while back so that got him a lot of attention and uh but i really think it was the roots the the grassroots of the biker bar podcast that got him to where he is it's been a few years so we'll get on and talk about what they're doing over there nonetheless those of you guys that are listening thank you very much i really appreciate all you it means a ton every time that i um every time i get on here and i see the comments and the likes and the subscribes and those things they always they always get me stoked so really appreciate that uh last week i was talking to you guys about writing a five star review on apple podcasts and one of you did at real bike tyson went out and uh wrote me one said digging the show tracked your youtube videos for a little while before finding your pod and uh, he said he'd be waiting for a shout out. So there you go, man. Really appreciate that. Any of you that are listening that are like, man, I really wish I could get Robert to shut the hell up about writing these reviews, then go over there and write a re review. And then um, I won't be talking to you. So you will be like, yeah, that's right. He's not talking to me. You can just ignore it. <laughs> if you guys want to do something else for me, that would be great or something for free, or you just want to see some more content about what's going on. If you swing by the uh, biker Facebook page or Instagram page and uh, give that a follow over there, you get to see some more content. If you don't know, I actually have a POV channel as well. It's just called biker and um, like trail POV kind of stuff and reviews and whatnot. Go over there give it, give it a tap over there and check out the hit the subscribe button as well. I have a new video coming out tomorrow morning, so that should be a fun one. Go check that out. Anyways. Uh, those of you on Patreon that have been supporting the podcast, I really appreciate it. It means a ton. I've been thinking lately that there's this, there's this like stream deck thing that you can push buttons and it, and it changes like who has focus and who doesn't. And I thought that would be a really good at, uh, like upgrade for the biker bar podcast. So that's where the Patreon money is going to be going here soon enough. So if you want to come help out, it's as little as a buck a month or five bucks a month, get a letter from me get some cool stickers, get to see some extra content, but really just help support the channel. Keep me from selling out to the man. That's what I really want to do because I really enjoy the people on Patreon supporting me and not like some corporate guy telling me what I need to say. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to do those things, man. So anyways, appreciate y'all. We're going to go ahead and get on the show, get started with the show here, bring Jonathan back on. How's it going, man? I'm good. How are you? Dude, I'm living the dream, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. I got a good buddy from, from the military that always says, nightmares are dreams too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. nothing like a military guy to just bring it right back down to somehow depressing. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of military guy, did I misspell my own name on this or did you put that on there? Oh, I did that. Okay, because it asked me for my display name and I typed it in. And I was like, and I'm looking at it, it as like, I... There's a 50-50 chance I misspelled my own name, so <laughs> yeah. at least it was you, not point, me this time. 
at this point <laughs> that that's like there's zero way i can change that because i that's I right that whole background that sucks <laughs> i mean this is this is a confusing name and it's been misspelled you know yeah. my whole those life, of so. you that are listening his name spelled correctly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if you're audio only he did a great job it's yeah everything is good everything is good hey i was in the infantry man that we didn't get tested on, on spelling <laughs> yeah. that's all right all good at least it wasn't me like i said that was my main concern the worst part about, about that whole situation is I don't I think it was when I was writing the show notes. I actually went back and was like making sure that I <laughs> I spelled it correctly. So that's the really sad part is that I did probably hopefully I spelled it right on YouTube, where actually it doesn't even matter because I can just change that at any given moment. But <laughs> the one that's stuck there forever for the whole world to see, guess what? That's the one I screwed it. <laughs> that's all right no hard feelings <laughs> so um I, i've been trying to make this this concerted effort to make sure that i introduce people that i've talked to before at the beginning of the show so that people kind of understand what's going on because you know sometimes i get on like joe rogan and and those guys are like they're just talking because they, they've been on the show like 10 times and yeah. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is. Like, what's their deal? So, can you give uh give us the elevator pitch on 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 what what the uh, Dirt Therapy Project is? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, first of all, thanks for having me back. Uh, Dirt Therapy Project. You did a good job in the intro. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, the mission is just to get vets on bikes into the great outdoors, where people can discover their own path to healing. Right? Like, I'm not a certified uh, wizard. I can't make your head stuff go away, but I can help you get on a bike and get out, get outside and pedal around. And hopefully that helps you feel a bit better. Um, started right here in the great state of Texas about five years ago <clears throat> for a couple of years, our program, it was just tiny, right? Group rides consisted of me and one or two other people and, uh, started to gain some traction. Fast forward five years. We're now operating in 12 States. We just opened two new chapters this year. Um, and it just kind of seems to be this, this movement that's catching on. So we're just absolutely having a blast with it. Right on, man. Like when you first started, like, did you think you'd be here in five years or did you think you were going to be here in like six months or something? To the state we are now? Yeah. Yeah. When I first started, this was never even on my radar. Like, yeah, you're just like, I, started, I just want to ride bikes, man. <laughs> yeah. I started the program and I had this, I sat down and was like, okay. I need to raise $10,000 that will allow me to buy three or four nice bikes, uh, some helmets, some safety equipment that we can loan out. We can loan that stuff out to vets at no cost to get them exposed to the sport because it's an expensive sport to get into, right? That barrier is pretty hard and high to get over. Um, and I was facing that myself at the time I was in grad school and I didn't have a bunch of money that I could shell out for a bike. And I didn't want that to stop people from, having an opportunity to see if this was something that would be beneficial for them. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so started super small and it just kind of uh, has evolved over the last few years and grown way beyond my wildest imaginations. I never thought we'd be here for sure. Yeah. So um, you still have a regular, like a full-time regular gig, right? This isn't, this isn't the only deal, right? No, I've got a full-time gig. I work in corporate America. Uh, yeah. USAA, if, if maybe you've got their insurance or you bank with yeah. them. I do, I do procurement for them, so a lot of uh, contractual negotiations and all that exciting stuff. Right on. What did you do? In, you were in the Marines, right? I was in the Marine Corps. I was in 1142 as a utility engineer. 
So I worked on mobile power systems, uh, you know, turbo diesel generators, basically, if you had power uh, mm-hmm. where you were before deployed is most likely from a generator. So I worked on those. So you didn't want to do that kind of stuff when you got out. You're like, I'm freaking, I'm in the insurance game now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it could, it probably could have been a good gig. There's, there's stuff that that directly translated to. Some folks got out and did windmills with that, you know, that skill set. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But I just, you know, I came from a family where education, um, they hadn't pursued like secondary or post secondary education. And uh, I married my wife, who comes from a, a very educated family, mm-hmm. and that kind of inspired me to to try my hand at it, go to school. So I got back from Afghanistan, went to night school, got my associate's degree, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." And then got out, did my undergraduate degree, and eventually went back to grad school. So, right on, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I got it. So you use that GI Bill, man? Absolutely, use the crap out of it. Yeah, I definitely, I used all of mine too, man. So it was, um, it was, it was probably like the, one of the biggest decision-making factors of why I went in the military, you know what I mean? Because I don't know, I came from a family that didn't have freaking shit. So paying for college was going to be out of my own pocket. And I didn't like the idea of taking out a bunch of loans, you know? Yeah. Plus getting out of high school, I was like, man, I want to go like drink beer and blow shit up. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just sign here. I got the perfect job for you. Just sign here, right? I kid you not, man. I took the ASVAB and they tried to put me into military intelligence as a linguist because I like freaking aced, not aced it, but I like scored high enough to get any job, right? Sure. And uh, they're like trying to give me this MI job. job, And I was like, no, man, I want to go in the infantry. And they're like, dude, (laughs) you don't understand how good this job is. And I was like, you don't understand. I don't want to do that job. Like, (laughs) I like really, I left MEPS and they, they called me like two days later. They're like, lo and behold, we found you an 11 Bravo job, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, you. Um, yeah, but yeah, I know in 2000, yeah. you know, well, 2009, 2000, yeah, it was 2009. I enlisted and, uh, I enlisted out of the South Salt Lake recruiting station. And I think they had a six or eight month waiting list for all the O3 jobs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the infantry gigs. Not saying I like had this huge desire to do that, but it yeah, wasn't really an option on the table, so I took took what I could get. Yeah, for me, it was like I I wasn't sure if I wanted to make like a career out of the military, so I didn't want to go in and like put some big long like commitment in, you know, sure. to like because all those like those really cool jobs like that they wanted you to sign up for like six years or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I just want to go in and like drink some beer and party. And like, if I like it, I'll stay. And then I'll think about re-enlisting. And then if I don't, I'm going to be a civilian, you know? And so my, my, <laughs> my squad leader said when I was getting out, he was giving like a little speech, you know, how everybody does that. Yeah. And he's like, when Schumacher got here, I was, I was determined I was going to make a soldier out of him. And today, <laughs> he's still a civilian. <laughs> so, there you go, man. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, but like we were talking before the show, those of you guys that are, that obviously weren't there, and I was telling him that the whole time I was in, my hair was always longer than it was supposed to be, and then I got out, and holy, holy shit, it's like a military haircut for the rest of my life. So <laughs> they pulled one in on me after all. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I went so, the opposite, right? I always yeah. had, my hair was always in regs while I was in, then I got out and like, no more. They don't give you guys a lot of breathing room in the Marines, though, man. You guys fuck up like like a little bit, and and it's like every seven days, fresh haircut. Yeah, so Monday morning formation, you got a fresh haircut, or it's gonna be bad. Yeah, I remember talking to one of my buddies that was in the infantry in the Marines, and uh, after we got out, and I was like, "No, nah, man, that's that's how that shit wasn't like training or whatever, you know, or like if there was some freaking brass coming around that everybody had to like." get their shit together for but for the most part they didn't they didn't act that way as much you know there was stupid shit i mean it's military right but uh but he was like like what you were saying it's like no man we're like like even like i don't know if it was that way still but he had like regulations on like his civilian clothes as well like like your shorts can't be like higher than this or like i don't remember what the fuck it was it was like what yeah (laughs) Pants have to be serviceable. No holes in your pants. If you're wearing something with belt loops, you have to be wearing a belt. Yeah. You know, t-shirts can't be offensive. They can't be have holes or anything of disrepair. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. a lifestyle, dude. It's you know, obviously the military is a, a different animal. Um, and not saying that any anybody's better than the other, but kind of being in the Marine Corps, it's just you are fully entrenched, right? Like that. That is your yeah. universe. Yeah. Um, it's it's so it's a little strange to come out of for sure. Yeah, in the army, the the I can speak for the infantry. I can't speak for everything. The infantry tended to have like a little bit more strict regulations than what I saw a lot of the other like enlisted people, you know. But it definitely wasn't to the the level of of the Marines. So, right on, man. How long were you in? I did four years. I did one enlistment and got out. Uh, kind of like you, I, I thought that I was going to be a lifer. Um, so I joined up combat deployment, went to Sangin with third battalion, fifth Marines. Uh, it was an absolutely bloody deployment. Three, five lost 25 guys in a period of four months, uh, came home from that deployment and the entire battalion of three, five, they were on like 90 day suicide watch. Nobody could take leave. And I checked back into my unit because I was kind of like an augment guy. Mm-hmm. I augmented. I was at Miramar, augmented over to Pendleton, and then deployed and then was support of 3-5. But uh, I get back to my unit on Miramar, and these dudes have just been kinking on the air wing. And my senior enlisted calls me, and he's his master sergeant. And he, he kind of proceeds to tell me that I didn't do shit. I'm not shit. I'm not anybody. You know, I, yeah. I'm not a... Uh, and this is coming from a guy who had, who had never deployed. He had no combat deployments, which in the Marine Corps, it's, that's a skill, right? Like he right. <laughs> had to fight for that. So Especially anyway, to be, be in as, as long as he was. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, I was a little salty after that, a little butthurt and uh, decided, hey, you know, if that's what my future is, if I'm going to stay in and, and if for 20 years I'm going to be this crusty old dude who's sitting here just telling people that they're not anything that I'll, I'll get out. I'll get out while I still love the Marine Corps. So yeah. it was time to get out. Yeah. Makes sense, man. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if like, if my timing was just wrong, you know what I mean? I feel like if I went in when I was a little bit older, maybe it would have been a different thing, you know? Sure. But as a younger, but on the other end, as at like being a young kid, it's a lot easier to like, just kind of take that shit. You know what I mean? Did you go in right at 18 or 17? Yeah, yeah. I actually, at my 18th birthday was in basic training. <laughs> my fucking dog oh, tag. Dang. Yeah. Okay. 
Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you got back and you decided to start riding bike. I was reading some post that you had on Instagram. And uh, yeah. you, you like picked up some mountain bike that you used to have back in the day. Yeah. So, um, you know, deploy, this is 2010, 2011 timeframe, get back from deployment. I, uh, I bought a land cruiser and got into that scene for quite a while. And after I got out of the, the Marine Corps, uh, we moved here to Texas and I was in school at the, the time I was in grad school, I was working this like super crazy high stress job. Uh, had two little kids at the time. We've got four now. Had two little ones. Uh, was in grad school, and so my stress meter was just like constantly <clears throat> pinging off the the max level. Yeah. And just randomly, I jumped on Craigslist and I was looking at mountain bikes, and I found a it was a 2004 uh, Kona Dog Deluxe. I was like, hey, that's that's a sick ride, you know. Yeah. Granted, this is in two, this is 2000, what 15, so it was already 10 years old, but yeah. It was just like the bike I had ridden in high school. I had a, a stinky back in the day. So went and picked it up. I think it was 500 bucks. Started riding it after work, before my evening classes. And just, you know, I was absolutely hooked. I fell yeah. right back in love with the sport. And, you know, dude, like you go for a ride and you're riding that adrenaline high and just the endorphins are pumping through. And I was like, man, this is absolutely awesome. Yeah. So there's and there's awesome. parts of it that remind me of being, being in the military as well. Like, yeah, like the shitty part of climbing is like, you know, there's some road march you were doing and fucking, you know, like everything sucks. But then when you get to the top, you're like, all right, it's fun time now, you know? It's like, yeah. Yeah. And then the camaraderie as well, like the way that you're um, kind of doing that with your buddies or whatever. I, I always like, I mean, this is, this is like where I kind of tied in the military as well is like, when you do shit that sucks together, like it makes you like tighter friends or like, you know, if it's your partner or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like if you get through something that's painful together, then it's like, you're like right on, you know? And so I think that's part of like the mountain biking thing where it's like, dude, we made it through that like nasty climb and it was, you know, 95 degrees today and, you know, fist bumps and beers at the end. It's kind of like coming back home from deployment or something, you know, <laughs> like, yeah absolutely yeah well yeah. the camaraderie you mentioned that was you know that's been a a huge um aspect of our program that i i really never anticipated or or it didn't hit my radar for quite a while um so you know two years into the program three or two and a half years into the program we started you know with some of the funds that we had raised we would do these like multi-day retreats so from San Antonio, we can get to Bentonville in 10 hours, or we can get to Angel Fire uh, in about 10 hours. And so, you know, we would we would take these trips and the program would sponsor, uh, you know, 15, 16 folks, cover lodging and food and, and shuttles, and we'd go to Angel Fire. And uh, the community and the camaraderie, like obviously the riding was incredible. You know, you can't have a bad day at a bike park. Well, I guess you can't have a bad day at a bike yeah, park. Yeah. You know, we're yeah, having a really time. bad day, but we're not yeah. talking about <laughs> yeah. Luckily we had great times at the bike park, but then everybody comes back to the Airbnb. It's this group setting. People are talking and people were really able to kind of let down their walls, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you know what this like being a, a veteran in a civilian space, you kind of have to check yourself. Like you have to be like, 
there's this like internal dialogue and filter that happens like, Oh, I want to say this, but I have to say it like this. Or my first reaction would be like to do X, Y, and Z, but I really need to tone that down. Um, But if you're just hanging out with a bunch of people who have been through similar experiences, you have the opportunity to just be genuine. Yeah. You can say what you want. You can make the joke. You can, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's similar experiences. Yeah. I noticed that, you know, more when I'm around my military buddies too, like where I don't know how else to say it, but like with, with those guys, like you can say like the most effed up thing to them. And it's like, (laughs) everybody's just going to laugh, you know, like, like it doesn't like, it's like almost a goal to see how bad you can get, you know, and it's like, you start getting in that part where you're just firing like that. And then you come home or you, you're like, Oh man, I need to like figure out how to, <laughs> how to talk like a human again, because yeah. Like detox <laughs> from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta wind back down before I go into the office and tell somebody to go eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I go, I'm going yeah. to HR again. So right. <laughs> fun while it lasted. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. That's rad, man. So are you guys still doing those trips like that or like what? Yeah. Yeah, those trips happen. Um, so they've historically happened twice a year. In the spring, we'll do Bentonville. In the fall, we'll do Angel Fire. Um, and it's always this big thing. We do like this big fundraising kick and you know cover all the expenses. And uh, so this year, we have a couple of things planned. We've got some new things that are coming up uh, that I'm super stoked for. So we are going to be at Sedona. Um, the first time ever going to Sedona. They hooked us up with a booth, so we'll be out there. We'll have you know shirts and jerseys and stickers and all the cool things that obviously support the program. Um, and we're taking like ten or twelve folks out there from San Antonio uh, and a couple of folks from Arizona are coming down, and we're all just going to take turns running the booth. And if you're not running the booth, you'll be out riding. We've got group rides on the calendar every day, so if you're a vet and you're going to Sedona, check out our page if you want to come join one of our group rides. Uh, is that open so to people that aren't, aren't vets and just want to support vets as well? Yeah, always. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I know, uh, was it last year or the year before we did a group ride like for vets with uh Spartan rides? They're, um, out of yeah. Phoenix. And I think the way that it was like promoted that it's like a veteran ride, there was a bunch of people that didn't come cause they were like, Oh, I'm not a vet, you know? And, and I was like, okay, mental note from here on forward, like if I'm part of something like this, let's make sure that like people know that you don't have to be a vet to come, you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's an awesome call out. And, you know, we really focus on that, especially here in San Antonio. Um, Our group rides are open to anybody in the community, our local group rides, anybody in the community can come out. And so we'll have, you know, on a regular Saturday, we'll go somewhere and there'll be 30 or 40 folks that show up and 25 of those are vets and the rest are just folks that support the program. Yeah. Uh, we had the big event out at Spider Mountain for Veterans Day and 300 folks showed up and roughly right. 150 of those were veterans. So, I mean, at, you know, it, come out and ride with us by all means. So I was looking at your Instagram before the show and is that where you did the golf ball thing? Yeah. So can you explain to me what was going on there and, and everybody else? So like all I saw was a bucket of golf balls looked like it had a bunch of names on it. And yep. a helicopter. <laughs> and so what, what was yeah. the deal there? 
Yeah, so um, we raffled off a bike. So with the help of uh, Black Rifle Coffee, the BRCC fund. So there's Black Rifle Coffee, and then the BRCC fund is like their own 501. Um, anyway, they sent they sent us uh, some money to help us buy a transition PBJ, you know, their dirt jumper, mm-hmm. and then helped us get that custom painted with a Cerakote paint job um, by a local gun shop here in San Antonio. So had this PBJ, it's got this custom woodland paint job on it, and we wanted to raffle it. And one of our, our local sponsors, uh, our biggest sponsor is a, a company called Celicopter. Mm-hmm. It's a helicopter broker. Um, and so they're super cool. And so mm-hmm. I, I told them what we were, they were doing. They're like, oh, hey, do you want to do a golf ball drop? I was like, uh, what is that? And they're like, well, everybody that buys a raffle entry, have them write their name on a golf ball, uh, put all the golf balls in a bucket, and then at the end of the day, we'll take them up in a helicopter and dump them out. And then whoever lands closest to your target, that's the winner. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, yes, let's bring a helicopter out. Let's do that. Um, so that's what that video is all about. We, we raffled off this bike and then um, took him up in a helicopter. And it was my wife that was up there with that bucket and she dumped it out. And we had one of our jerseys uh, staked to the ground and then kind of whoever landed closest to the, the skull in the middle of the jersey was the winner. Right on. How it close was fun. did they get? Very, like, very close. It yeah. was very close. Yeah. Right on. So it was pretty cool. That's, yeah. That's, that's super rad, man. That, that's like a that, – I knew there had to be a pretty good story to it, so. Yeah. So and those was it like a local guy that won it, or was there people that were signing up from afar? Or Yeah, so on that one, uh, it was only – local entries we didn't want to deal with shipping it we wanted to be able to pick the winner that day and send it home with somebody um so it was actually a girl named Brittany that won that bike and took it home that day and she's been she's been stoked with it so right on man been been pretty fun yeah but the folks at Celicopter do they've been awesome uh last year for Memorial Day we had a group ride um at Flat Rock Ranch which is kind of it's in Comfort, Texas. If you if you mm-hmm. live here, you've ridden here. That's you know what Flat Rock's all about. It's not flat. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, but for Memorial Day, they came out, brought a helicopter out. <clears throat> they did some cool like aerial cinematography. They filmed our ride, put this neat video together, and then after our ride, when we were all just hanging out, they just they let everybody take turns going up in the helicopter and just flew them around the ranch and came back and they'd switch them out for the next four. And right, it, it was rad. Yeah, it was right. Yeah. Yeah, that is super cool. I think that's, you know, that's that's really rad. I mean, that's definitely not um not cheap for them to do that, you know, fuel and stuff like that. So no, that's that's no. really cool. Yeah. I haven't been on a helicopter since I got out of the military, so <laughs> yeah. Did yeah, plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys work on did you guys do a lot of stuff on helicopters or no? Just, uh, you know, I was on a helicopter flying into Sangin and flying out of Sangin, and yeah. that was the last time I was on one. <laughs> I was in a QRF uh, team when we were in Bosnia, and so, like, we did everything by helicopter, so it was just, like, we were on those things all the time. <laughs> good uh, stuff. Good. Uh, but anyway, so back to your question. We've got Sedona on the calendar for this year, uh, and then in May, we'll be in Bentonville. We'll be spending three days riding in Bentonville. One day we'll do shuttles at Eureka Springs, um, and then we'll, the next couple of days we'll just kind of hang out. 
Um, August, we will be in Breckenridge. So the same guy that owns the helicopter and flew us around also has a place in Breckenridge that he let us use last year. He like mm-hmm. donated the, the stay to the program. Um, so anyway, got to ride Breckenridge and winter park and we're going to do it again this year. And then we'll do angel fire again in the fall. Right on, man. What are you looking forward to in Sedona? Honestly, just being out there, you know, I'm from Utah. And so I'm excited to go out and see the red rock again. I yeah. just love being outside, seeing beautiful rock formations. Um, I haven't dug a bunch into what rides are out there just because I think I'll have to be at the booth or I will get to be at the booth a lot of the time. So um, it, it's probably not going to be a big riding trip for me, but I'm just excited to get out there and meet a bunch of folks. I would say if I was going to ride one ride while I was there, yeah, I would, I would do um, – you can kind of do like Slim Shady – and Highline all as a loop. Okay. That would be, that would probably be what, what I usually do. I can tell you about it when we get there. Okay. But it's usually like, I kind of go down slim shady and then actually I'll do it usually as a shuttle. If you can, if you have two cars, but you go down slim shady, which is like, it's like a two direction trail. So, so it's fun both ways, but then you hit this other trail called easy breezy. And then you kind of loop back up to the top of, of Slim Shady. Think of Slim Shady like a, a teepee. Like it's like a climb to the middle is the high point, And then you can descend down the other side. And then if you're okay. doing it out and back, you just climb back. And you know what I mean? Sure. So you get kind of back to the top of the teepee. And then you go do Highline. And if you're in great shape, you can ride back to the beginning of, of Slim Shady. Or if you're like, don't want to go through the pain cave to get back <laughs> You can, there's a place that you can put a truck kind of close to the bottom of Highline and, and finish there. But I think out of all the trails that I've ridden in Sedona, I really like Highline the most because it has it has that hard technical climbing that'll keep you on your toes. And then the second half of it has, you know, just one of the longer downhills that's in, in the area. That's Most true. of the stuff in Sedona is like, we always make this joke when we're there that you're climbing down. So yeah. it's like, it's not like what we're used to here in California where we get to the top and we like descend for 20 minutes, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's like you descend for like 17 seconds and you're climbing again and you're like, wait, wait a minute, what's <laughs> going on again? You know. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, that, that would definitely be the one. I mean, it's, um, that's my personal opinion, but I also okay. like the longer, like kind of chunky downhill. So that's, that's the one though. Yeah. That's my favorite <clears throat> but, writing. So yeah, yeah. on that note, though, on the note of Sedona, um, if anybody's listening and coming from the San Diego area to Sedona driving and are willing to pull an M101 CDN trailer for us, that would be absolutely awesome. So I found a trailer that I wanted to buy for the program. It's in San Diego. I've put a deposit on it. I just am unable to get out to San Diego for the foreseeable future just because the amount of traveling I'm doing this year. Um, so if you're headed our way, if you're headed to Sedona from San Diego and you can pull a trailer, please let me know. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be rad if, if we can make it happen. I don't know. Maybe one of those guys there from uh we're within here. He's in the, uh, in the comments right now they're in Phoenix. Maybe, uh, maybe somebody wants to make a big road trip to San Diego and, 
do some riding oh, and it? come back. Yeah, that's Henry, right? War with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's actually one of our ambassadors in the Arizona. So we have an Arizona chapter. Uh, yeah. Henry and a guy named Evan are our ambassadors out there. Right on. Well, maybe Hen- I always give Henry a hard time about eating crayons because he was Marine. Too, so. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'll send him a box of crayons. Maybe I'll drive to San Diego for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe two, maybe two boxes. That's yeah, just time. purple ones. That's it. The great ones, I mean. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So right on, man. So um, the different chapters, whenever they're having a, a, a new chapter opened up, what does what do, what do they do in the other chapters? Yeah. So, I mean, the other chapters basically replicate what we started doing here in San Antonio. Um, they're hosting monthly group rides or maybe some more frequent cadence, you know, every other week or whatever. Um, and then everybody, let me start, let me step back. So they host the group rides and then for our larger events like Bentonville, Angel Fire, um, those are open to applications from everybody. So the first couple of years, it was a rather informal process, like, if we had ridden together and I knew that you weren't going to kill yourself at a downhill park and you expressed interest in going and we had room like, yeah, cool. Come with us. Um, but now it's to the point where there's, there's so many folks um, that want to go on these trips because like I said, they're, they're so fun. Right. So now we have this application process built out uh, just use it for the first time this year. So this Bentonville trip is the first official uh, like nationwide application pool that we we picked from and we'll do the same thing this fall for angel fire so just kind of stay tuned for that on the our instagram page how how what's the process is there like do you like kind of read people's stories or is it like random or yeah so there's a there's a questionnaire that we built out um you know talks about your writing experience your physical fitness levels if you have any like accommodations or health issues or things like that. Um, and then we just kind of go through and pick the folks that, uh, you know, haven't been before and seem like they've got the, the skill set and the, uh, like the physical ability and endurance to not be a liability on one of those trips. If you, if you so- can get where I'm yeah going yeah that. yeah so all the air force but, guys are out then no we've got some good air force guys <laughs> sorry I had, to, I had to throw that in there i don't know it was either no, guys, the Coast Guard. somebody was getting it <laughs> they're, they, dude they're in good shape man they get out and they're like yeah my knees are still fine my back is still fine yeah, right? they're doing i can ride all day <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know right on that that's pretty cool man so um so then the other, the other chapters, like, how are you going? So you said you're in 12 States now. Is that what you said? Yes. Right on, man. I know you guys opened up uh, one out here in California and I keep like going back and forth on volunteering on being your, your NorCal guy. Cause unfortunately the, or fortunate, fortunately you guys have one here, but it's down in Southern California. And I, every time I look on the site, it I see people from the Northern California area trying to make connections and it's like it's like if you lived in pennsylvania and they're all the rides are going on in florida you know it's just like it's not it's just so not close well i mean dude if you want to we'd love to have you uh especially because our socal guy mike he he's deployed 
So yeah. we currently don't have an active uh, ride leader in California. So, I mean, the page is still out there. There's still the ability to organize rides. So yeah. if you or anybody listening wants to do that, let's, I mean, let's get together and figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I was thinking we'd just make another page that's like NorCal and then rebrand his to be Southern California. And then that way, at least people are in, in the the right zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. But I just have to get to a point where I'm really like that. The only thing I'm, I'm concerned about is that, um, that I'm overcommitted, you know what I mean? With between like this channel and my other channel and work and, <laughs> and then trying to do my own stuff for fun. You know what I mean? Like I'm for like, sure. It is only one weekend a month though. And I feel like I should be able to make that happen. It's like one day. It's not even a whole weekend. So yeah, I'm talking myself into it. I'm feeling guilty right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't feel guilty about it. it. It should be something that, you know, you absolutely are excited about and there's no, no pressure, no guilt. Yeah. No, it's, time, that's, that's okay. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I, I want to be able to do more, you know what I mean? So it's like, sure. It, yeah, I definitely just, have just the sign tendency. Here. Just sign yeah, here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely have the tendency to overcommit on things. So it's like, I'm trying to like rein that in the best that I can be realistic yeah. with myself. Cause all of a sudden the lady will start looking at me and being like, you know, you have plans for every day for like three weeks and none of them are with me. You know, <laughs> like, like, no, but we're together every day. What are you talking about? You know, I get it, man. I mean, I get it. You know, when I started this, I was in grad school and working. Uh, I, and now I, I work full time. We've got four little kids. I run this program. So I mean, I, I you are yeah. absolutely preaching to the choir. I understand. Yeah. The funny thing is, is as soon as you don't have too much going on, you feel like you're not doing anything. At least that's the way it is for me. So it's like, I get depressed if I'm not overly busy and then I'm stressed out if I'm overly busy. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, can't sit still. And I, you know, I think that's one of the things kind of driven into you by the military is like, you have this, like, what's next? What's yeah. next? What's next? what school am I going to? What training am I going to? What deployment am I going on? What, you know, yeah. promotion am I getting ready for? Where am I PCSing to? You just kind of get in this like hyper. Yeah. I don't know. Hyper. Whatever. I'm following you. Some word that we don't need to figure out. Somebody in the comments. Yeah. It is. It's too, it's too big. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like spelling Jonathan's name. Just not gonna <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, what what can do you know all the states off the top of your head? Yeah, I could probably run through them. Uh, so obviously Texas, North Carolina was our first chapter. Uh, those guys are doing awesome stuff out there. Uh, so Texas, North Carolina, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Oregon, Washington, uh, New Mexico, Maryland, Pennsylvania, California. That's eleven. Didn't I say California? California. No, okay. So we need one more. It's out there somewhere, dude. That's I it. know it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to the state that we forgot. <laughs> yeah. I still love you. <laughs> yeah. So what's the process for somebody? Did I ask this already? For somebody to make a new chapter? No, you didn't ask that. Great question. Um, so the process is 
send an email to ambassador at tdtp.org. Mm-hmm. That will go to Evan, who has stepped in to be our uh, ambassador lead. He'll send you the one pager that kind of sets out the expectations of the program. You know, this is what we expect. This is how we want you to act. Uh, this is a link to the waiver that everybody has to sign. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some, you know, you can spend this much money without getting any approval for snacks and ride goodies and all that stuff. And then we'll reimburse you for it. But uh, so it's, it's like formally informal, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty easy. Right on, man. Yeah. And then, um, then basically what the, the commitment is just like lead a ride once a month. Yep. So, yeah. So the commitments would be, or the ask would be that you have a Facebook profile because we'll need to add you as an admin or a moderator onto your, your group's page. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll have you download the signal app. I'm not sure if you use that, but it's a, me- that. it's a messaging app. Um, and we'll just plug you right into the group, the group chat with all the ride leaders and oh, right. have all that, all that witty banter, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got it. We got to get one going. Oh, my, my, um, buddy just said about getting one started here in NorCal. He's a retired Sergeant major. Right. Row. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I like talking shit to him because I couldn't do that when I was in. So. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's rad, man. So there you go. If you're listening and you're a veteran and you want to, do you have to be a veteran to be a leader? Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you're listening, you're a veteran, you want to help out, then um, hit them up. It was ambassador at tdtp.org. Yep. All right on, man. So that's a what, fair uh, question. What's yeah, that? Just to, just to clarify super quick, you know, do you have to be a veteran? And the reason I say yes is twofold. Uh one is because it, it, as we talked about earlier, there's just this basic level of understanding, mm-hmm. right? You're speaking the same language as the, mm-hmm. the folks that you're hanging out with. Uh, two is we've tried, we've tried it uh, to have folks involved in the program. Um, how do I want to say this? I would imagine that they don't get the same level of respect from the other veterans. No, like maybe the people that are like, like coming to ride or something like that, or no, it's not that at all. It's just, we we've had, we've had a couple times where uh, folks who aren't veterans get put in situations with veterans that they are uncomfortable with Uh, and they don't, and they don't know how to handle, right? Like they don't speak the same language. They don't have the same experience. They don't, they don't get the culture, and so it yeah. just becomes a little bit uh, awkward for everybody. Yeah. So that's why I say yes. Yeah, no, that totally yeah. makes sense. And, I mean, it is what it is, so I feel like it makes sense to me. I'm sure at some point or another, you just have to identify as a veteran, and then you'll be able to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to go there. But it just came out. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole like. Yeah, we're not going that there. Door. That yeah, wasn't even funny. Nobody laughed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what's Angel Fire like? What do you do over there? 
so have you ridden angel fire no i haven't been there yet and so you said that was in the fall and yeah i have like a bunch of stuff i'm doing in the spring so as much as i'd love to go to bentonville um but the fall is a possibility so i was wondering what you, what you got going on over there yeah so let's connect and, and if you want to come out we'll get you a seat on that trip so the way the angel fires trip works or they have worked in the past is uh we'll show up in angel fire and the first day how did we do this last year the first day is typically a a big like an all mountain ride so they have the south boundary trail in angel fire or angel fire to taos it's an it's an imba epic um but it's this like 20 mile back country all mountain absolutely beautiful it's like, right it's incredible especially for those of us who are coming from texas where it's like texas is cool but it's not beautiful for the most yeah. part uh, and to be up in the mountains and, you know, in Taos and riding through the pines and then through the quakey groves and just, you know, it, it, it's, it's excellent. And it, it's a, it's a full day. It takes a full day. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll do that day one. And then day days two and three are generally spent at the park. We'll go ride park for a couple of days. Uh, Angel fire is super rowdy. There's, it, it's a fun place. You know, it's, it's yeah. really special. I, I really enjoy it. Um, and this year, I think what we're planning on doing on day one is a trail called the Lost Lake Trail. Um, it's again another all mountain, super beautiful, rowdy trail. So to get to the Lost Lake, it's like this seven mile climb, basically mm -hmm. so going straight up for seven miles. Uh, once you crest, you're at this high alpine lake in this like little crater of this mountain. It's one of the mm -hmm. prettiest things I've ever seen. And I, it's been two or three years since we've ridden that trail. And I think I've thought about it almost every day. Yeah. Um, anyway, so super beautiful. Jump in the water, swim around, have lunch, and then ride back down. And the ride down is obviously fun, too. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds like a blast. Yeah. You guys, you guys should do something out here in Northern California sometime. And we had some pretty epic rides out this way, too. So. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, you could set you could set something up in Downeyville. That would be pretty rad. Or like, um, you ever watch like BKXC's channel? Yeah, where his property is is really a good location. So they have like three different like pretty epic downhill days that are all like within let's just say forty five minutes of his place. Oh, seriously? Yeah, like one of them, like you could do shuttle laps. That's it's like. 10 minutes down the road from where he's at and right. those, that that's actually like one of my favorite downhill places and then downeyville i'm sure you've heard of downeyville people talking about that that's like a let's just say 14 mile downhill that's just yeah. you know can't ask for much more and then there's another place that's real close called mount huff that's more of a like a flow kind of downhill so it's like not okay. technical at all it's just like see how smoked you can make your brakes you know like kind of <laughs> like that so yeah and they're all like right there so that, that'd be that would be a really really fun couple of days i'm sure you could figure something out as far as lodging and stuff like that goes so yeah yeah right on what uh what are you, what are you looking forward to this year you got any anything that you can talk to other than sedona that you were talking about or the other stuff's going um, on on the under right now no i mean everything's it's pretty much out there so sedona is going to be super fun um one of the things i'm i feel lucky enough to be able to do this year is i get to i'm going to travel to several of our chapters 
Um, I'm going out to North Carolina in the fall and I'll do a group ride with them. Uh, I've never even, I've never met our ambassador in North Carolina. Our interaction has purely been over telephone or social media. Yeah. So I'm excited to meet him and, you know, ride with the folks out there. Um, going to do the same thing in Utah this summer. So, I mean, that stuff's super fun. Um, I, I guess that's kind of it. Sedona and the rest of the trips. I think those are, those are the big things we're looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys get funding? What do you do for funding? Yeah. So, um, like I said, Celicopters are one of our biggest local donors. Um, and as they're a helicopter broker, so they sell helicopters, right. Uh, mm-hmm. and then they donate a small portion of the closing costs to the program. So oh, wow. if they sell like two or three helicopters a month, we send them an invoice for X number of dollars and they, you know, they do a small portion of closing, co- closing costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, jerseys and apparel are obviously huge for us. I'm not sure if you saw this. We did a shirt with Softly. Um, I was pretty stoked about that. I feel like Softly. Yeah, that one looks like, rad, man. I like it. Yeah, I feel like Softly is kind of like the Nike of the veteran community. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy that did this, his name is John Dasta. He runs a page called Rodeo MTB. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done tons of artwork for us and we had just actually brought him on as our creative director. So mm-hmm. he's taking us, you know, a more active role in the program. Um, and he'll be at Sedona with us. Um, so anyway, and we did a, we just did a raffle, which was super huge, you know, cadence cyclery up in Dallas, Fort Worth worked really closely with the folks at pivot and Fox. And so they got a pivot switchblade frame donated, uh, Fox donated all the suspension and then the shop is taking care of the drivetrain and uh, we're getting ready to pick the winner for that next week. We sold 500 raffle tickets for that bad boy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because of that, we were incredibly blessed and, you know, that happened right at the beginning of this year and has paid for uh, so Bentonville is paid for Sedona's paid for angel fires paid for, so for the first time since our program has existed, like the year, th- those big trips are already paid for. It's usually like yeah. this crazy scramble, like, oh, man, I've got to go print a run of jerseys. And we've got to sell those. And we've got to try to figure out like, yeah. where to scratch up another six or 700 bucks. But, uh, you know, this year we we're super lucky with that. That's so rad, man. So yeah. um, you guys, do you, <clears throat> do you have like merch on your website as well that people can – just buy it any time or is it just whenever you guys do certain runs or something like that? No. Yeah. It's always on the website. Um, I haven't been super awesome with keeping up our web store. Uh, the, the shipping got a little bit overwhelming for me for a little while, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do have some stuff on the website and then uh, rodeomtb.com has a, a dirt therapy project collection and um, there's several pretty awesome options there. And then if you're coming out to Sedona, we are bringing five brand new designs. So I think we're bringing like five or 600 jerseys out there. Um, so come grab one. All right. Like man. Yeah. 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 That should be good. I, I think you guys will have a good, good, uh, you should have a good, good turnout then. You know, I hope so. Yeah. We're excited yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the uh, festival itself donated the, the, the spot for you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been surprised like how like 
willing to give different like companies and stuff are compared to like when you started and what you like did you think it was going to be more of a uphill battle or yeah so interesting question and i kind of have this conversation semi-regularly with my wife like when i started this program every single cent was an absolute battle to get donated Mm-hmm. Right. And I remember, I remember like watching our account and be like, okay, cause I got, I got on our giving platform at, at work and I, you know, some people would donate every pay period is 15 or 20 bucks or whatever. And I'd watch and I'd be like, okay, in six pay periods, we'll have enough money to get a bike rack. Mm-hmm. And then in, in 15 pay periods, we'll be able to get a bike for the program. Mm-hmm. And then to fast forward where we are where we are now, where we just had that raffle, like we made more money on that raffle in a couple of weeks than we made in our first almost two years of, of existing, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But obviously, the bigger the program grows, the bigger the expenses grow, right? Like nobody's mm-hmm. rolling in dough over here. Um, I'll just volunteer staff. Yeah. But anyway. So yes, it's it's been tough, it's been hard, um, but we're certainly gaining some traction. And it seems like the bigger the program gets, and the more notoriety is out there, the more willing people are to give. Yeah. Right? So you you mentioned that video, uh, the Berm Peak video, where Seth built up that bike and donated to the program. Mm-hmm. Dude, once that video went live on his YouTube, I kid you not, I had I don't know ten twenty. 30 emails a day coming in for months about the program. Yeah. Uh, Some people were just asking questions. Some people were donating. And then same thing happened on veterans day. CBS morning did a piece that aired nationally and uh, it was the same thing. So I I guess just the more legit, more like the more legit the the program seems and people like, Oh, this they're doing what they say they're doing. Yeah. They're getting vets outside. The money's going into the program and they're doing all these cool things. And, uh, that makes sense. We'll donate to that. Yeah. So it was a battle, but it was, it was well worth it for sure to get to where we are what, now. What do you think was the tipping point of like, kind of getting you to that point where it was like past word of mouth in Austin? You're in Austin, right? Uh, we're in San Antonio. San Antonio. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you think like made the difference? That's a good question. So for my perspective behind the scenes, I, I and you're I'm sure you're very well familiar with this. Like people don't understand the amount of work behind the scenes that goes into something like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know the amount of work that you put in behind the scenes to run a podcast. Right. Like for me, I jump on here, we talk for 40 minutes, 50 minutes, and then I go about my day. But like the amount of work you put into setup, get your equipment, test yeah. it out, all this stuff that goes into it. Um, so for me, I know kind of where. I think those tipping points were, but then I've had some conversations externally where people are like, Whoa, you guys absolutely exploded. And I think one of the biggest, the biggest um, external tipping point for us was last year at that Memorial day ride when like we had a a helicopter show up, hang Mm -hmm. out, Celicopter uh, presented a check. You know, it was a ten thousand dollar check that they gave to the program. Yeah, and then 
all these people got to go on a free helicopter ride, I think they're like, oh, like, okay, this is legit. This is actually a thing. Yeah. Um, so that from an external, from an outside perspective, that seems to be the really, the big tipping point. And it all kind of comes back to that. Yeah. How's it make you feel? Uh, boy, lots, lots of ways. Uh, it's, I'm certainly, you know, humbled by it. I'm sometimes I just, I, I feel grateful just to be along for the ride. You know, mm -hmm. um, there were years where it was a grind and it got to the point where it was like, Oh, the program's just exploding. And I'm, I'm, it's just taking me with it. Right. I'm going, yeah. I'm going along for the ride. So, uh, humbled, grateful, uh, appreciative, you know, the program wouldn't exist if it weren't for the generosity of folks out in the world, right. People that mm -hmm. believe in what we're doing, want to support military folks, want to, help them kind of battle their own demons and, and contribute to the program. So I feel lots of ways about it. Yeah. Do you have any particular like veterans experience that you saw happen that like really sticks out in your memory, like through the rides and trips and things that you've done? Yeah. So <clears throat> there've been a couple really cool things. Um, and I know it's kind of a, maybe not taboo, but, you know, you read all the time that in the military community, there's this big number 22 folks a day. Right. So right. they say that on average, 22 veterans are committing suicide on a daily basis. Um, well, in the five years that our program has existed, we're very grateful and very blessed and very appreciative. Uh, nobody that's come into the program has, has, taken that route like we haven't lost anybody to suicide um, so I'm very grateful for that the other really cool thing that I saw happen um, has just been like personal development and personal growth like there's one guy um, Simon you might actually enjoy talking to him He's, he runs a, a podcast as well um, Simon super cool dude you know I kind of met him as he was starting his mountain biking journey he had retired out of the Air Force um, on a whim, bought a hardtail, started riding, took him to Bentonville with us. And just the way it's just positively impacted his life has been really fun to see uh, to the point where we kind of helped him get his GI Bill activated. And he used a part of that GI Bill to go to UBI up in Oregon to become a certified bike mechanic. Oh, so, right on. Like now, now he's like a certified mechanic. And so it's just, it's yeah. really super neat to see that happen, you know? Yeah. My um, buddy I was talking about earlier, I think that's where he went. He went up there and, and did some schooling too, to awesome. be a mechanic, like the, uh, the post-retirement job. Yeah. He's got to go turn wrenches, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Right. Something to, something to keep you busy. Right. Yeah. So you said it's a 50, 503C, 501C, what, what was it? 501c3 so one of the questions that's on here is why didn't you go the route of the 503c19 do you know what that is me neither no oh, maybe it i probably was... didn't go that route because i didn't know what that yeah. is right <laughs> that's a great reason so <laughs> 503c19 yeah i don't know i think oh, it has something to do with probably i don't know 
I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna say something that's probably completely wrong, so I'm just gonna go ahead and leave it there. Um so how that how did the uh oh he said 501. He he must have typoed it wrong. See, that's what happens oh. when you become a sergeant major. Can't can't <laughs> do anything. Um he said he's a veteran nonprofit, so I don't know. Um nonetheless, uh how did the, the CBS morning show thing come about? What what happened there? Yeah. Uh well, short answer, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, was at, I was at work one day and I got an email. Um, so I checked my email and it was just like this really vague, hey, this is so-and-so with CBS Morning. I'd like to talk about the your program and potentially film a piece for our Veterans Day segment. No signature block, no contact information, nothing. And I was right. like... And it came from, yeah, right. And it came from something at gmail.com, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some like undisclosed, you know, sender. Yeah. You know, and and the amount of spam I get, I was like, this is spam. And so I took a screenshot of it and just like as a joking manner, I sent it to our, uh, our Enduro team. Um, And they're like, and one of the girls on there, Brittany, she's like, no, we get those emails quite frequently. Uh, You should respond to it because that's how they always come through. And so I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. So I responded. I was like, hey, I'd be happy to talk to you about the program. You can call me at this number. And I kid you not, within five minutes, I have this lady, Melissa, on the phone. She's like, yeah, I am from CBS. Uh, I'm the producer of, I'm one of the producers on the CBS Morning Show. Uh, love what you're doing. We want to send a crew out to Texas and film for your Veterans Day event. And I said, yeah, absolutely. By all means, come out. And so that's yeah. just kind of how it happened, you know? So what did they do? What What did they film? Just like, um, so the, the piece is on, on YouTube. That's the CBS morning show dirt therapy project, but they sent a camera crew out for a day, um, sat down and I, I had did an interview with them and they interviewed, uh, Brittany and Travis, Travis came out. He's a bilateral leg amputee, lost mm-hmm. both of his, uh, legs in an ID. And, uh, so we got him out there on an adaptive trike and it was really his first time going down the mountain, uh, since his injury, he, you know, grew up dirt biking and all that good stuff. So anyway, got him on a trike. Um, his girlfriend or, or fiance, Brittany, is on our race, race team. She's a Cat 1 uh, UCI downhill champion. And so they came out, interviewed us, did a segment, hooked up a GoPro to him and, you know, sent him down the trails and just smashed it all together. So it was, it was pretty right cool. On. Yeah, 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 I'm sure that was rad. So next thing you know, you're freaking – email is blowing up and your web server is probably on overload and yeah. yeah yeah it was pretty crazy i had to put one of those like you know generic out of office responses on my <laughs> gmail account yeah I like I, I i just can't keep up with this so. yeah yeah how long does that last afterwards like months like like when something like that you said with seth it was a while it was a yeah it was a while with seth's video and you know we got a we got more response and more traction and more outreach from Seth's video compared to the CBS video, yeah. Uh, which I guess makes sense if you take a step back and you think about it. Like Seth's channel is it, it's only mountain bikers that are watching that channel, right? Right. But if folks that are watching CBS Morning, they're like, oh, whatever, who cares about what yeah. these guys are doing? They're like, yeah, um, that's cool, veterans, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, Tell me about Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, 
it obviously peaks right and for a couple weeks five or six weeks of pretty heavy traffic and then dies back down yeah so it's good huh. yeah do you think um you're gonna try to maybe get some more like the social media people kind of involved in in future things or you just let it happen organically or what do you how do you think yeah so um it it's been organic so far uh it hasn't been a mission of mine to like reach out to folks and try to try to push this on people yeah try to promote um, yeah it's kind of not my style I, I think the organic the organic nature of it makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. um i did have somebody reach out to me after the cbs piece who's a uh what do you call those people like a documentary yeah. filmer uh and wants to come out to Breckenridge with us this summer and kind of make a documentary about the program, what our trips look like, what the riding looks like, maybe some of what the conversation sounds like. Oh yeah. So maybe that'll be kind of cool. We'll see. Yeah. That'd be super rad, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. So you, you guys do the trips. If somebody wants to just donate, they just go to the website or. Yeah, for sure. There's a donate button right on PayPal. Uh, or excuse me, right on the website, it'll take you to a PayPal donation link, or you can donate with your credit card, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all the funds go right back into the program and help. Because your uh, nonprofit and... does PayPal, like still charge you fees for that, or they let that they let you out of it? Nah, no, they're getting their money no matter what, huh? That's right. <laughs> that is absolutely right. They're getting it. Yeah, yeah. So then you're doing the um, kind of the raffles and you got some merchandise. Anything else? Are you guys trying to maybe like do some kind of events or something or? Well, yeah, I mean, we we do events, but not in the sense of them being fundraising events. Yeah. Right. I think that probably needs to happen in the future. And, and I'm sure we'll get there where we have a, I don't know if a gala would make sense for our program and kind of the nature of what we're doing, but something like that needs to happen um what if it was like a like you know how they do like the turkey trot and thanksgiving every year if it was something like that but like a bike ride right where it's like you just pay five bucks and you get to go you know or whatever it is 25 dollars, you get a t-shirt and you ride this five miles with everybody else and yeah no that's a great question and uh so if you ride in texas you're familiar with team trail party they're one of the bigger you know race promoters is that what you call those people that like put on a race a promoter yeah yeah uh anyway they hold they hold the team trail party series um and they're teaming up with otb cyclery in waco and mm-hmm. they're gonna host a ride uh, an enduro race in cameron park up in waco and those proceeds from that go are gonna go to the program so stay tuned for that it should be happening this fall that's exciting how do you yeah. plan out like what's going on? It's just like wait and see which email comes to you, or like what what's the process to like map out what's happening this year? Um yeah. So let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to think like what the most logical response that is. Uh obviously it takes a, a, a ton of coordination with my wife, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have all those kids. Um, I have to make sure that like, I want to be home as much as I can. Obviously it's important to me to be, to be present with them and, right. and experience this with them. And so kind of 
planning around that is really the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're incorporating some of our family trips are incorporating a dirt therapy aspect. So for example, we'll be in Utah for the month of July. And while we're there, I'll have a ride. And then mm-hmm. there's some folks that we need to go see up in uh, Washington state, some family friends of ours. And so we'll go up there and I'll meet up with our ambassadors out there and we'll have a ride. So it really just kind of takes a village, right? Um, yeah. That's kind of the hustle though, too. I mean, I do the same thing. You know, we went to Jamaica this summer. It's like, well, I'm going to go ride bike while I'm there so I can make a video and yeah. like went home for a funeral over the summer. It was like, well, I'm going to take my bike and now I can make. So, I mean, I, it, it's the way you do it, right? Because we, we're obviously all not just made of money where you can just do whatever, right? Right. You got to stack yeah. the stuff. You got to stack it. I am pretty grateful, though. Um, that, you know, my employer, they're pretty generous with their PTO. And uh-huh. then you they allow you to buy PTO. Mm-hmm. So you can buy up to 15 days of PTO. So coming into this year, um, I've got like 50 days of PTO. So that's going to make things a little bit easier to kind of yeah. balance dirt therapy, travels, family travels, family vacations, kind of what's going where, what's happening. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Man, what um, <clears throat> what are you most excited about? Just riding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the what's the next ride in in Texas there that you guys have? Uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll have a ride over at. Uh, we'll start at Fox Park over on the Leon Creek Greenway. There's some good, good trail back there. Some fun features that they've built up in the Parkwood section. Um, just kind of, you know, yeah. all skills ride. We'll be able to come out what's, and have a good time. What's your turnout look look like for for those rides now? You know, our local rides. We usually have like thirty five or forty folks show up to one of those. Um, if it's kind of a unique venue, like if we go out to Spider Mountain or maybe Reveille Peak, it'll be a, a bigger turnout just because it's a little outside the norm for folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a decent turnout, right? And, and a group, a group ride of 40 folks is, that's a big group. It's kind of hard. Yeah. It's a huge group. Yeah. Manage, yeah. you know, but it's fun. Yeah. There's a, a group around here called MTB NorCal that does group rides and they'll have groups like that. And it's just, you know, there's such a spread and skill set, you know, and yeah. to like, to make it a no drop, like it, there's a you got people spread out over like two miles, you know, climb or something <laughs> like that. So it's yeah. like, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there to definitely. Yeah. So when you have a group like that, is it, I would assume then multiple people that are helping like kind of run the rides, not just one person. Exactly. Yep. You'll have a ride leader. You'll have a, you know, the guy that's picking up the, picking up the caboose and then some folks sprinkled throughout some offering tips, kind of hanging out, having a good time. Right on, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. What are you riding nowadays? Uh, so I just picked up a new bike. Uh, I'm on a Transition Patrol, 22 mm-hmm. Transition Patrol. Absolutely rowdy bike. It's yeah, it's tons of fun. Yeah, I love it. Uh, were you I was on, on the I was on the Sentinel last year. Had a super good time on that bike. Um, luckily, working with the local bike shop, they're a Transition dealer, and they're super generous and in their discount they're able to share with the program so 
get yeah. a good deal on those and uh, get to ride something new every year, you know? So I saw this here, Trail Pimp says, and it reminded me, I, I wanted to ask you about this. It said, did you ride with George Bush? He rips on a mountain bike. I saw <laughs> on Instagram, there was a picture of, I think it was you and your wife and George Bush, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, I, I did get in 20, let's see, what year was that? Must have been 2019. Uh, I got an invite for the the W100K. That's the the ride that President Bush hosts out at his ranch in Crawford. And was absolutely excited. There was this huge application process for it. You had to get vetted. You had to get recommendations from folks in the industry. Um, blah, blah, blah. Get an invite. Okay, awesome. Super excited. Well, three weeks before that ride is supposed to happen, I'm at an outdoor expo where I thought it would be cool to go you know, set up some bikes and, and tell people about the program. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Most people are leaving. It's super hot. I was like, Oh, I'm just going to jump on a bike and pedal it around the expo. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm riding it around and I'm seeing some of the different vendors and it's this huge open field. I was like, Oh, I'm going to ride a wheelie. People are going to love this. Right? <laughs> I'm, everybody's going to love it. So I'm riding a wheelie across this open field and, uh, I start to tip over, right? I hit my tipping point, go to grab my rear brake. It was a SRAM brake, which is absolute trash and air bubble in my line. And so it didn't grab, right? And I just, I went over the back. Well, as I went over, I put my foot down to catch myself, broke my ankle immediately. So, you know, I so you got the attention you were looking for. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, dude, it was amazing. I crashed within like 45 seconds. People are running across the field. They're like, put a canopy over me because it's hot as balls in texas somebody's going yeah. over with like a field splint hooking my leg up to it and uh so they take me to the closest er we're out in the middle of nowhere in like lano texas they take me to the closest er which is in like fredericksburg and on the intake form it's like you know what's the reason for your visit today and i guess I, it was like the smart ass in me came out but i wrote down ankle owie yeah. And I handed it back. And so she looks at it and reads it. She's like, ankle owie. I was like, okay. And so they had me sit in this chair. I kid you not. I sat there for like two and a half hours before <laughs> anybody saw me. And by that point, like the adrenaline has started to wear off. This like ankle owie was turning into a much bigger ankle owie. Like, hey, <laughs> this is really starting to hurt. Can you guys come over here? So they x-rayed me. And within like 15 minutes, they had this orthopedic surgeon talking to me. They're like hooking me up to all these drugs. Like, I completely pass out. So anyway, broke my ankle, uh, had to get a plate and some pins put in my ankle. Oh, shit. And, so yeah, they were so, like blowing you off because they thought you were in there for some bullshit, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so that was, that was super fun. And the best part of that is they wanted to do surgery that day, but they didn't have an orthopedist on call. And so they sent me home. And mm -hmm. because because when I crashed and I broke my ankle, it abraded the skin. There was like open skin. Uh -huh. They're like, oh, well, we have to we have to wait for that to heal before we can do surgery. So yeah. for 10 days, I'm sitting home with my foot kinked in a in a splint waiting to have surgery for this like scratch to go away. Oh, God. All that to say, I got invited. I went out. I met President Bush. Uh, but I did not get to ride bikes with President Bush. Yeah. Yeah. What was that Cliff like? That's cool. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a chill dude. Those rides are cool. You know, they have a bunch of barbecue people come out and eat lunch and hang out with everybody. And, uh, you know, he's a cool guy. We're standing there 
and he, he saw me in my walking boot and he walked over and I was like, you know, Hey, Mr. President, I was supposed to be your 19th rider this year, broke my ankle. He's like, Oh man, that's, that's shitty. I said, yeah, it is shitty. (laughs) And, uh, I introduced my wife and I said, this is my wife, AJ. Uh, and he looked at her and said, AJ, he's like, nice to meet you, AJ. I'm GW. And it's just like, you know, this is, he's a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. That's cool. That's really rad. It was neat. Yeah. Is that your your only time ever meeting a president or uh yeah. Yeah. I've never met a president, but I went to a a conference once where one spoke and I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know, it was just you know, somebody you always just see on TV, not necessarily like they're a real person. So it was kind of cool to sure. be there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <clears throat> that's super that's super rad. Good times there, right? Yeah, great times. So um, I haven't seen anybody in the comments say they're going to drive your trailer across the across the the state here just yet. So hopefully we can see somebody somebody um, bite on that. Henry didn't didn't go for it with the the crayons earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're working on it with him. He's our hopefully our our plan B, if not our plan A. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish that it was like in my in my area. I would I would definitely be able to help out there, but I'm kind of way way out of the way. That's yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, you said you got Sedona coming up, and then Bentonville. What's going on in Bentonville? Yeah, so Bentonville's another super fun place to ride. I'm not sure if you've gone out there before, but uh, I haven't been there yet. Have you? Oh yeah. We, yeah. we, this will be our this our fourth time going out there. Yeah, it'll be our fourth time in Bentonville. Uh, Bentonville's good, man. It, yeah. It's a fun place to ride. Yeah, the trails are like ultra maintained, super prime riding. Uh, it's a good time of year to go out there. And day one of that trip will be shuttling out at Eureka Springs. Slaughter Trail Guides is hooking us up. They're, they're super fun to shuttle with and um, in fact, Travis is coming out to this one as well, our, our bilateral guy. So we're trying to figure out how to get his trike uh, on the same shuttle with the rest of our bikes. But uh, you know, we'll figure it out, get some good old military ingenuity in there, right? Right. Um, but it's going to be a good time. So we'll shuttle all day on, on uh, what will it be, on Thursday and then Friday. Do they we'll have like town. long runs there or? Like everything I see online looks like it's not a lot of elevation loss. Like it's more like flowy kind of shorter trails, but I, I don't know. Like it's just, that's editing or what, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they've definitely have some longer trails, right? Like all American or back forties, like 25, 30 miles of kind of oh, track wow. stuff. Um, but Eureka Springs is super cool. Cause they have these two, like these two big hubs, right? You'll shuttle up to the top. And then you ride over to a hub and the, I don't know if it's the top hub or the East hub, whatever they call it, but there's like five or six different lines that you can ride from this hub. And, you know, they've got everything from like green to double black stuff, or then you can ride over to this next hub and they've got another five or six trails or runs that you can do. And they're fun, man. I mean, they're, they're like, I don't know if they're 10 minute runs. Yeah. Maybe they're yeah. like 10 minutes six yeah, or ten yeah. minutes or something it's fun it's enough to have a good time with for sure 
and then like do all the trails come out the same place or everybody like you, you you go on something that everybody can do yeah they all come down to the bottom meet up at the like the shuttle spot and you ride back up to the top oh so then you guys could split up then so it could be like hey i'm taking the black one and some other people are yeah. gonna take the green one or something like that oh that's real that's real handy then yep it definitely can ride it. what they're comfortable with and what they want to do and yeah that's yeah. nice so and you spend a couple play of cooler one day a couple of days then there yeah yeah, we'll do three days of riding in Bentonville. So Eureka Springs will be one day. Uh, Kohler will be another day. Kohler is where they have like drop the hammer and fire line and all those really fun, fun runs. They've got mm-hmm. a dual slalom course over there. So uh, that's fun, man. It's a good time. What's the, what's the evenings like then? It's like, like the pretty chill. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Smashing man, beer you know. bottles on the wall. and. <laughs> no. So, I mean, believe it or not, like, I'm not a drinker. I don't drink. And so uh, that kind of carries over into the program. The program doesn't supply alcohol for Mm -hmm. a few reasons. You know, we can't obviously buy alcohol because we're a 501, but uh, we kind of encourage folks to, to take it kind of easy on the alcohol stuff, right? Like, yeah, if you need a couple, that's fine, but don't get smashed while we're out here trying to have a good time because then we just have to babysit you. Yeah. Anyway, we'll do that. Yeah, but evenings are fun, man. We you know we just get one one big Airbnb. Everybody hangs out. Uh, a lot of times we'll just kind of watch some footage of the day. We've got a couple of people that take some really good you know videos and stuff, and we'll look through that and uh-huh. talk about it. Get some pizza or whatever. Just hang out. Yeah, it's chill. Yeah, it's fun. Get ready for the next day. Get uh-huh. the bikes all cleaned up and you know fix whatever got broken that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have any kind of like local support there as far as bike shops go or? You know, um, I'll have to ask Robbie. So we do have an active chapter in Arkansas. Oh, that's Arkansas. I forgot earlier. Yeah, there you go. Uh, But we do have an active chapter there. Robbie's our chapter lead out there. Super cool dude. Um, I'm I'm sure he's got a shop that he works with. I just don't know who they are yet. Uh So the goal, I would assume, is to have a chapter in every state. I mean, yes and no. I, I guess that's yeah, that's the goal. It's just that's uh, it's a little daunting to think about that, right? Yeah. What what scares I mean, you? Just having the capacity to, to kind of keep my arms around that kind of you know, knowing what's going on, ensuring that the right people are involved with the program. Because mm-hmm. what's hard about this is a lot of people. You know, you say you want to be a, a chapter lead or an ambassador, or whatever, but I, I haven't met you, so I don't I don't know. Yeah. Not not you particularly. Yeah, like, no, I, I don't know what I don't know what kind of person you are and if you're gonna be a good a good representation of our program, right? Like for the most part, we we've gotten pretty lucky with just having good folks involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that intimidates me a little bit, just just not knowing who all these folks are and everything that's happening and going on. And um uh, it'd yeah. be good, obviously. Yeah, I mean I would imagine at that point you'd probably be a at a place where you're not at your, your, your day job anymore. Is that something that you think about or is that not, yeah, I like mean, you not want to be in that spot? No, dude, I, I'd love to be able to do this full time and mm-hmm. you know take a salary and kick, kick the old corporate gig to the, to the street. I'd be, yeah. be pretty sweet. We'll see. Yeah. Do you think there's like, 
do you have a, a like a goal in mind of like, man, I'd like to be there in like 10 years or I'd like to be there. Like, what do you, do you have any kind of plans or just like, we'll see when it happens. You know, there's so many variables that play into it. It's hard for me to set like a definitive goal. Uh-huh. And then, you know, adding one more level of complexity to it is like, well, what is the economy doing and what is the market going to be doing? And what is, can I pay a mortgage if I don't have a job? Right. So yeah, yeah. that, that kind of factors into it, obviously. So we'll see, we'll write it out for a couple more years and maybe reassess once we've hunkered down a little bit. Yeah. 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 Do, do the chapters do like um, any kind of like fundraising on their own or are they just like basically getting funds from you guys or how, how does that work as far as the chapters go? Yeah. So we haven't had any of our chapters. Uh, well, I take that back. Our North Carolina chapter has done a couple races um, where they've been able to raise some funds and have you know, all the proceeds go into the program um, because of the nature of a 501 and how we're structured, like each individual chapter is not its own individual 501. That, so that means the centralized funding. So everything has mm-hmm. to come to the, the main, uh, the main organization. And then mm-hmm. we can send out funds as needed for different events or venues or mm-hmm. kind of whatever. So for example, some of those, some of the money we made from that raffle from that pivot, uh, we're buying a bike for our Bentonville chapter so that they have a loaner, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those specialized bikes just went on that crazy sale last week and we picked up a status 140 for like 2200 bucks and then they'll have that in Bentonville so anybody that wants or needs a ride they'll have access to that status at no cost yeah yeah you guys should check out i think it's Marin right now that has like a buy one get one free thing what yeah i think they're hardtails they're like on the lower end but it's still like like, yeah, they're seriously doing buy one, get one free. I just saw it the other day. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Diamond, Diamondback had a crazy Black Friday sale and they, they had a pretty well, well specked out hardtail that was 500 bucks. And so we did this thing on Instagram and, you know, we allowed people to nominate somebody to, to receive a bike. And we bought two of those bikes and just sent them out. Oh, so, sweet, man. So yeah. if you're not following the, um, the, the Instagram channel, you guys are doing it wrong. You could be, you could be the lucky winner, right? Absolutely. So how does that work with like the, like different States and stuff like that? Like, I know like California has got all kinds of weird rules. Like do, do they have, is there some kind of like thing you got to be aware of, of 501C like rules in California compared to Texas or because you're based out of Texas, you don't have to deal with it or. Just don't ask any uh, questions. Don't ask, don't tell right now. <laughs> don't ask, don't tell. I, honestly, like, I'm sure there's something that like <laughs> I am not doing the right way. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. And yeah. I hope that when I figure it out, like. <laughs> it's we'll, it's we'll not a cop to talking it. to you. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. So, you know, just doing our best over here. Amateur hour. Yeah. Yeah. If, um. I looked while we were talking and it was 2020 whenever we talked last. So it's been a couple of years. Um, yeah. Back then, I mean, you were pretty close to starting at the time and it was just, I don't know if you had another, another spot open yet, or if you did, maybe it was just one or something like that. And yeah, North Carolina was our first chapter and they were active at that time. But, uh, 
you know, I, I was thinking too about the last time we spoke and I was trying to think back on where that was. And I remembered it, we were moving at the time. Um, and just a couple of weeks after that, that podcast that you and I had, I had a, a crash that just about ended my riding forever. Oh no. Um, what happened? I, so I was out riding. It was, you know, December 19th, 2020. I wake up, it's a, you know, a drizzly day, but my mind is made up that I'm going to go for a ride. And so I go out there and meet up with a few folks. Um, and we're just doing some of our local stuff and we're over, um, at Parkwood where they have some, some neat features built. And there was this jump that I had been eyeing for quite some time. And it always sketched me out a little bit. Like, you know, I know when I go to angel fire and I'm riding a feature that it was professionally built, it's professionally maintained. Like yeah. Those people know what they're doing. Right. Uh, but like in the backwoods in San Antonio, that's not the case, right? Like right. who knows who's building these things? Uh, most of them are, are pretty awesome. But uh, this particular feature was this like wooden takeoff that launched you over a part of the trail. And then you hit this transition, this like super rocky, gnarly transition in this little lane lined by big cedar trees. Mm -hmm. So I hit this jump, um, I guess. Like for whatever reason, you decided that was the day to do it. You're like, hey, it's rainy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going for it. Send yeah, it. I, mean, I, was out, I was out there with some good, good folks. I was probably amped up and, you know, yeah. having a good time. And I just decided, you know, carpe diem, right? Yeah. And uh, so I sent it. I guess, and I don't remember the rest of the day. I don't remember. So uh, I guess I did it once and it went okay. And I decided I was going to do it again and just absolutely like pedal to the metal on this bad boy and launched it. And it's like probably a 30, 35 foot gap. And I hit the transition and something just went wrong in my landing. Um, and it kind of bucked me. And as it bucked me, I went head first into a cedar tree oh, and just shit. absolutely cracked my skull in fact i think i have my helmet right here so <clears throat> you know knocks me out cold i'm out cold for oh man 10 or 15 minutes so he's got a, like, a gyro half shell in his hand and it looks yeah. like if you cracked your egg on the on the counter and we're getting ready to drop it in the pan it's like barely hanging together by like one little piece of plastic in the middle yeah so that's the helmet i was wearing that day uh, TBI, double brain bleed, uh, fire department had to come out with a stretcher and take me to an ambulance and take me to university hospital, CAT scans, MRIs. Um, and honestly, dude, like I have no solid memories for four or six weeks after that. Really? They, they sent me home after 14 hours in the ER. They sent me home with a walker cause my left leg, it like didn't work. I'd have to, I'd like take a step and then drag my leg behind me take a step drag my leg and they discharged me to my wife who was 20 weeks pregnant at the time with our fourth child so god yeah uh, perfect timing right yeah i mean so a couple I, days I, like, before christmas <laughs> yeah so I, I still hear about that to this day but um you know have no <laughs> recollection of of that christmas have no recollection of really anything until about mid-january mid to late january i have a couple memories but uh you know that was a crash like were you feeling daisy at the time or did you feel like dizzy 
like 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 out of it like did you feel like you were like 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 you rung your bell or something or was it like you felt like it was normal days and then now looking back you just can't remember it no dude i i i probably slept for 20 hours a day for the first week oh, wow. and then every time i would lay down like the room would just absolutely spin uh so about six weeks into it, I went and saw an ENT and they did what's called an Epley maneuver. Cause I guess you have these crystals in your ear. I don't know if you know this, but there's like all these little <laughs> tiny hairs. And on the end of these hairs, there's these little crystals. And it's like kind of what helps you keep your balance and equilibrium. But if you uh-huh. knock one of those crystals loose, it like goes in there and rolls around on those hairs and screws everything up. And it makes you feel like you're falling. Oh, wow. So I had knocked one of those crystals. And so every time I would like move or lay down, I kid you not, like my world was just absolutely upside down. But uh, they have this like maneuver where they kind of tilt your head and roll it back and help that crystal go on your canal and get out of there. Get the fuck out of here. That sounds yeah. like some crazy shit you just made up. Man. I know. Crystals I know, in your brain rolling around. <laughs> I know, man. When they told me about it, I was like, whatever, you freaking wizard. Get out of here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, that was a crash that I'm absolutely very lucky to to be here from. You know, that yeah. could have punched my ticket. That could have turned me into a paraplegic, quadriplegic. I don't know. I don't know what it could have done. Dude, that's the thing about our sport, man, that you you take for granted, you know, and it's <laughs> like, I think that um, the better that you get, the more, like, or the less that you pay attention to that stuff, you know, I think like, um, like when you first, like when you, you meet somebody on the street and they're, and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm out and bike. They think like rampage. Right. And then yeah. we're like, we're like, nah, dude, we're not doing all that crazy stuff. But then if they were to like, see some of the stuff you rode, they'd be like, no, you're doing the crazy stuff. You, you know what I mean? Like it's, um, it's interesting, you know, how, how we forget that but it's a really dangerous it's a dangerous sport man really is well and the more you ride like your risk tolerance changes right and your risk appetite because you do something like oh that was cool i'm gonna do it again and then you kind of you hone in on that skill set and you become you know good at something and so you're like oh that's not risky because i'm good at it i i know what i'm doing but yeah yeah i think the speed as well is like you get so used to it that it like I'll go down a trail that maybe I haven't been on for a while. And I'll be like, dude, (laughs) I was barely moving, man. I could not get going fast. That sucked, you know? And then I'll be like, Oh wow. I PR'd it by like three minutes. You know, it's like, Holy (laughs) shit, man. I'm like going, but you're just so much used, like so used to it. But in your mind, like, I feel like I rode faster, like, six seven years ago because in my head i just remember like yeah i would just go down this trail my my wind my hair would be blowing and like and it's like <laughs> no dude you were like barely moving now you're doing yeah. that and you're like yeah. uh it's still not fast enough yeah but you had your training wheels on back then right yeah well thank god for that gyro right yeah yeah so that really like changed my life you know it, it really um for a while, I, I didn't know if I'd ever ride bikes again. I didn't know what the future of my life and the program was going to look like. And yeah, like I said, I was blessed, and I I recovered from that, and I've I've got back to riding at a level that I'm really happy with. I I like the yeah. big stuff. 
Yeah, it would be hard to um I don't know if I would have some resentment or something. Like, could I run a a nonprofit for mountain biking if it mountain biking made me like a quadriplegic? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that would be tough. Yeah, I'd have to turn it over to somebody. Right. Or I mean, who knows? Maybe on the other hand, you'd be like, I mean, it, it I guess it's all it's all your own perspective, right? Yeah. Like which how you want to look at it. Like yeah that's crazy well i'm glad you're doing all right man it's uh it's a hell of a story that's for sure yeah being injured is not fun and sometimes it's like i mean i'm just i'm just gonna assume by like what you were talking about earlier like for me mountain biking is like my therapy right like your the name of your 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 nonprofit and uh when I get injured and I can't ride, I notice that like I don't get to a good place. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's kind of almost like a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah, it's tough, but like I don't know, man. Um, one of the things I've started to discover is you know I'll have people reach out and be like, "Hey, I love your program. I love the concept. Uh, I don't mountain bike. I'm a trail runner." but I want to, I want to wear your Jersey. Are you cool with that? Or, Hey, I'm a cyclocross guy. Can I wear one of your jerseys? And I, I had this realization, like, you know, like dirt therapy is such a concept. It's such a wide and broad concept. Like I don't own that, that concept or that naming, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever your dirt therapy is, like we absolutely support you in that and just go, go get it. Get outside, right? That's what that's what our program wants you to do. Get off your butt, go outside, get some vitamin D, breathe fresh air, get your feet in the grass, go for a run, go for a walk, go for a hike, go ride a horse, whatever, dude. Just go outside. Because I think people don't uh, realize just the like the healing power of nature, right? And I'm like trying to like a hippie out here, but like. Just being outside, dude, it feels so good. Turn off your yeah. screen, get that blue light out of there, and just breathe some fresh air. And you'd be amazed at how much better you feel. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely... Um, it's... I don't know how to, how to, how, what the words are that I'm looking for. It's like... Um, you can't get that feeling any other other way. You know what I mean? So my son was on leave. I don't remember if it was this year. Usually when he comes out, we go riding. And uh, the last time that we were riding, he he was, he's like, man, I forgot how much I like being out in nature. And it was one of those things where it just kind of like, I could see him having that moment where it was like, because you know, when you're like younger, you're, you're not necessarily like, like that's most younger guys are not, that's not their thing. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah he's more doing that because he knows that that's something that we do together but it wasn't like it's not like his passion you know but you could see like the the thought process was like wait a minute i actually like this a lot why am i not doing this you know um but yeah no that that uh i like that that i didn't really think about that you know that your name is really it's like it's it's generic in the sense of just going out and being outside So, I mean, you guys could very well start like chapters that are running chapters or, or whatever, cyclocross or 
I mean, it doesn't have to be bikes. I guess that's what yeah. I was trying to get at. Yeah, do whatever. Yeah. You got any crazy runner friends that want to start a new chapter? Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that kind of was my sounding board as I was starting this program, he was a teammate of mine. He's a retired lieutenant colonel out of the Marine Corps. We'd, we started running together, and then I bought a bike, and we started riding together. Um, and he'd kind of let me bounce ideas off of him, right? And he kind of talked me through this this program a little bit. Anyway, he's he's kind of turned towards ultra running, so he does like fifty k's and fifty milers and yeah, all that crazy stuff. That's so I mean, crazy, I, right? Yeah, I need to tap him on the shoulder and be like, "Yo, you're a yeah. running guy." <laughs> yeah, see what he says, because yeah. then you know that I mean that could be like a whole other thing. I would imagine like with, with runs too, like it's maybe a little bit of a, it's a lower cost of entry, put it that way, at least, you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. and especially from coming from the military, everybody remembers, I mean, we all did a lot of running, so. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that that's super rad. <clears throat> Where would you like to be in like five years? What do you think? Man, five years, you know, I'd, I'd love to be riding Whistler or up in Montana or Idaho or I don't know, dude. Yeah. Overseas somewhere, Switzerland, yeah. maybe. What, what would be like one of your like things that like, like a milestone for, for dirt therapy that you would be like super stoked if you were there? Would it be like doing an overseas trip with all the all the vets or something, or would it be like having an event with five thousand people at it? Or yeah, I think um, I think it would be super cool to to host and fund a a Whistler trip. Yeah, you know, so the local stuff we can do, you know, four or five thousand dollars, we can get to Angel Fire, Bentonville cover all the expenses and that's super awesome. But like, you know, taking a trip to Whistler for 20 folks, that probably runs like 20, 25 grand. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think being able to do something like that would be absolutely awesome. It'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to figure out some ways, ways to, ways to do the fundraising for that. I think, I feel like that's, I feel like that's, um, that's doable. I don't feel like that's too far out of the question. Right. I don't think we just so. need Seth to do another video for you and just be like, Hey, donate over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's right on, man. Damn. I had something I was going to ask you. Now I freaking lost <laughs> it. <clears throat> One of my, um, the guy, the Sergeant major guy that I was telling you about, he posted this on here. He says, I know if it, that if it wasn't for mountain biking, I wouldn't be here today. Thanks for giving veterans a healthy outlet to get their minds right. And uh, that's really, that's, that's a powerful thing that he said there. And yeah. what you're doing is like, like, honestly, um, nobody decided they were going to pay you in 2018, like make your life all full of riches to go out and do this. Like you just did this on your own just to like help other people. That's, that's pretty rad, man. Like there's plenty of people that just think the thoughts and then don't do anything. Yeah. Or some people just keep walking on by. They're just like, yeah, whatever. I'm not spending my time on somebody else. So 
and I, I appreciate and you've come a long way. Yeah, I appreciate the thought and the sentiment. And you know, one thing that I tell folks all the time, uh, similar to that comment, like, yes, I absolutely love running the Dirt Therapy Project. It it, it gives me like a high to be able to take people to Angel Fire or Bentonville or Colorado who would never otherwise be able to go. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like I am, I'm getting as much from this program as I'm giving, right? Like mm-hmm. I benefit as much from this program as anybody else who comes out to ride. Yeah. Riding has saved my life. It's changed my life. It's saved my life. It's, it's shaped my life. It's, it's kind of helped make me into the person I am today. Um, and so I'm just, I'm also glad to just be around for it. Right. And then, and get yeah. to go on these rides with people. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's given back as much as you're given. So that stuff is invaluable too. I feel like, um, to, to give you the best thanks that I can for all the people that said thanks during the, the comments. And I'm sure all the people that are listening and will listen in the future and they're thinking, man, that's really rad. Like, thanks to this guy, you know, and, and, um, trying to do the best that I can say that to you right now in person, but it definitely is. Um, it's commendable what you're doing, man. Really definitely. Um, I appreciate it. And, um, I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there that like you've impacted their lives, like changed it, you know, completely. Yeah. This is like an air hug. Is this like an air hug moment? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. Bring it in, big guy. <laughs> bring it in, bring it in. So, um, is there any advice that you would give to somebody that wanted to like go down this this route of maybe trying to start some kind of five hundred one c to to give back to any community? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the advice I would give you is: do not let anybody talk you out of it. If you have it, if you have the passion, if you have it in your mind that this is something that you want to do, dive into it head first. Uh, the amount of hurdles and the amount of obstacles that you're going to encounter are like innumerable, but it's all worth it. Yeah. Right. If this is a passion you have, if you want to help folks, by all means, find any way to do it. You know, when I, when I was first starting this program, I sat down with somebody who I was hoping would be like a mentor to me. It was retired Sergeant major out of the Marine Corps. I was uh, really excited about this program and this idea I had <clears throat> wanting to help other, other vets and stuff. And I invited him to go to lunch and sit down with him. And I told him my idea and he's like, you know, there's 45,000 nonprofits in the veteran space. What makes you different? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, what, what are you going to be doing that these other 45,000 organizations don't do? How are you going to get your funding? What difference are you going to be making? And honestly, dude, it really took me back. And for a few days, I had this like, am I doing the right thing? Does this make sense? Am I just going to, am I setting myself up for absolute failure? Uh, And I kind of used that conversation that we had as this motivation to have like, F you, dude. (laughs) Like, I'm not listening to you, right? Like, Do you think that that was his goal when he asked you that? No. Or do you think his goal was like... Forget about it, dude. You don't need to do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but in hindsight, I look back on that and I was like, man, 
what a what a dick thing to say to somebody who is just trying to find a way to help people, you know? Yeah. Um, so don't let I'm so my focus is to not be that voice to anybody ever. I'm telling you right now, it's a long road. It's very hard. Uh, even just like the filing to become to incorporate and then have your articles of incorporation and then to apply for a 501c3 designation from the IRS. I mean, this we're talking like a year process, you know, so mm-hmm. just don't get discouraged. If you want to yeah. do it, do it. If I can help you, I'm happy to help you. Yeah. It's funny you said that thing about the guy. You like kind of like pissed you off and you wanted to show him. And there's been a handful of things in my life that have been like life-changing moments. And a handful of them have been, (laughs) a couple of them have been from somebody saying something like that, ignorant, where you're like, nah, yeah, screw you, man. And that's, if that's the motivation that it takes, then so be it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, thanks for your advice. I I got something for you right here, you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude, I'm. I can't wait. I mean, until the next time, like, if it's another three years, until we talk again on the podcast, like, I can only imagine where you're going to be at right now. Because I, I would assume that if we had this, I mean, if I went back and listened to that old one, I bet you didn't think that you would be where you're at right now. No, nah, no way. Yeah, yeah. So, and I would, I would guess that. Like what you said, the more that you do, the more validity that your organization has. And that stuff just starts steamrolling, man, you know? And next thing you know, instead of like your helicopter guy, I'm not saying that that's a, you know, that that's awesome that they're doing what they're doing, but it's like, what happens when it's like REI or like, you know what I mean? Or like Nike, that's like, yeah, we're getting behind this guy, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, dude, like, You know, we picked up Mountain Ops as a sponsor last year. Their supplements are absolutely incredible. And yeah, that's awesome to take to events. I got off the phone. Yeah. I don't know if you've had these, one of these bad boys, these liquid deaths. I'm like an addict to these things. But, uh, you know, I, I had a phone call with them this week and it went it super well. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like, yes, I think bigger things are coming. I just. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those things. It's like every time you have one of those interactions, it just makes it easier to have the next one. I know, like with my podcast, for example, you know, when I first started, it it was, I I could send emails to all kinds of companies and they wouldn't respond at all. But now I can be like, hey, I've had Garmin on, I've had Envy on, I've had Box Components and TRP. And like, I can throw out a bunch of names and they're like, okay, well, he talked to all those people. Then he's obviously like, not just some dude in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> Venue yeah, but, irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. But it gets easier, you know. And so, like, it, it uh, it's cool. It's cool. Um, I'm sure it's really fun watching it grow, as well. You know, just like this idea that you had and sitting back, and um you know, being out on that trip, like where you're saying, you're just like watching all these people have a good time and fist bumping and, you know, riding bikes. And you're like, dude, I made this happen, you know? Yeah. So that's rad. I'm sure Sedona is going to be sick. I can't wait to meet you in person, man. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be a good time. Get some riding. I was going to say, let's have a beer together, but you said you don't drink. So I mean, root beer dog. I'm all about the IBCs, you know? Yeah. Right. 
dude i've been working on losing i've been working on losing weight this year so i i made the decision not to drink at all until sedona so i'm definitely gonna be drinking all the beer on there so, nice. so i might not even ride i'm just gonna go get hammered the whole time there. <laughs> yeah no just just getting there so anyways man we're about wrapping up here i always like to ask people what youtube channels they watch just for fun it doesn't matter if it has to do with biking or not if you don't watch any don't feel pressured but it's always fun to hear like what kind of stuff people are watching and maybe get something new that you're into. So I don't have a lot of time for YouTube, unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things I have been watching a bunch of the last week and a half or two, with my kids, uh, like I was telling you before we got on this call, I just like randomly bought one of these one twenty fourth scale, like micro crawlers. And so I'm like on YouTube, I'm looking at videos and lo and behold, Seth has a whole bunch of like berm peak videos on these micro crawlers. And so me and my kids, like we've just been watching all of them on repeat. So that's, that's our latest uh, guilty pleasure, I guess. What got you into that? Just like it was random. random. Yeah, it was random. And I like like, the bigger ones, you know, they have the bigger one tenth scale and those are always like been like 500 bucks. And I somehow discovered that they had these one twenty fourth scale and that they're about $150. So I bought two of them. I bought one for me and one for my dad and uh, went over and hung out. And, you know, I'm because I'm busy, I don't get to spend a lot of time with him and he's getting older. I was like, oh, I should, we should just go hang out. So we yeah. did, right? We just, we played with toys and we hung out and it oh, was super right. fun and uh, had a really good time and then came home and my kids are, have absolutely been obsessed with it. So I, ordered one for them and <laughs> you know it's just, it's been fun man <laughs> yeah i know that sounds super fun yeah. i um when i hear stuff like that i'm like i could see getting into it and i tr- like i have to like resist because i have so many damn hobbies as it is right now <laughs> yeah. like one more thing just milking me for money i'm like God. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll bring this to sedona so you can see how fun it is yeah yeah they you know I, it was I, was it last year one of the one of the last ones maybe the one of the last two tasco had like a little crawler like set up like a little like park set up in their tent area oh cool and they had like three of those things and like all the kids could come by and just like drive them around and stuff and Heck yeah. there was all kinds of people they had like a little rock course you know like you could drive them on and that that thing had like it was definitely pulling in a lot of people so Maybe, maybe that's all you need to do is a little, little rock crawler, crawler course in there, in your tent area there. Get everybody Say less, there. dude. Say less. Right? I'm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you can be buying, you can be doing, buying them from the 501C, right? So to be part yeah. of the, part of the, the program. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it out to our events, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, Hey man, I really appreciate everything that you're doing. Like, honestly, can't Thank say you. thanks enough because there's definitely a lot of people out there that have benefited and a lot of people that excuse me can benefit from this in the future like mountain biking or anything out your dirt therapy however you're going to get it is definitely um it's a good thing so anybody that's interested please stop by the website tdtp.org or he's got a facebook and an instagram you can check that out too pretty easy to find the dirt therapy project um and if you want to be an ambassador like he said earlier, ambassador at the Dirt Therapy Project, right? Or like the I'm sorry, at tdtp.org. Mm-hmm. 
and um, send him an email. Let him know. He told you the 12 states. So if you're not in one of those, or even if you are in one of those, you want to help out, send him an email. I'm sure that you can, there, there's a way to get involved. So there's a, there's definitely a need out there. So anybody that's willing to get involved or you want to donate, please do because it, it um, it's, it's done good things. So let's help him do more good things. I'd love to get on here next time and talk about the Whistler trip that they did. So let's do that for him. If you um, want to do me a favor while you're on Instagram, give him a follow. Give me a follow as well at BikerB1. Same thing with Facebook. Um, those of you on Patreon that have been supporting the channel, thank you very much. And those of you that are listening on Apple Podcasts or at, on a podcast platform, do me a favor. Go over to Apple Podcasts. Write me a review. Make this thing get bigger. And then I can have like a, 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 an annual show that gives all the benefits to the Dirt Therapy Project. That would be amazing, right? So yeah. anyways, thank you. Very, thanks again, Jonathan. Honestly, next time I swear I'll spell your name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we'll just leave it like this from now on. It'll just be that. Yeah, well, that's my name now. Right. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to do something for free, you can do that. Just remember one thing. It only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one.